Hey friends, I know how busy this time of the year is. And as much as I love home-cooked meals, sometimes there is just not enough time. But I have good news for you. Factor offers delicious, ready-to-eat meals, which can make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. There are two-minute meals, so you can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They have snacks and smoothies and more. There's a wide variety of options and 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that will help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So head over to factormeals.com forward slash swanson50 and use code swanson50 to get, you guessed it, 50% off. That's code Swanson50 over at factormeals.com forward slash Swanson50, and you're going to get 50% off. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Yay for that. I'll be linking over in show notes as well, but go check it out and tell me how you enjoy your Factor meals. Christian Parenting. Aloha, friends. Welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. take that concept of really trusting that God created you to be exactly who you are, right where you are with what he's given you. And that's what we wanted to tell the kids, like Sammy matters, even though he can't run, even though he can't jump, even though he can't slither. Uh, But he has so many amazing qualities that he does bring to his community of friends. Aloha, friends. Welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. I really appreciate you taking time to be here with me today. I know this time of year, everything gets busier and busier. So it means so much to me that you would take the time to tune in and really walk this journey of motherhood alongside me. I appreciate you so much. And I am smiling right now because you just heard a short clip from today's podcast guest, Jamie Ivey, who many of you already know of from her very popular podcast, The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. Today, though, I get to have Jamie on my podcast to talk about her new children's book, God Made You to Be You. But we also get to talk about a whole lot of other things, as we like to do. And uh, one of them is the book that this children's book was based on called You Be You. And this is a book for women and something I wanted to have her on to talk about in the past, and we just never made it happen. So today we get to talk about a whole lot of things that mostly have to do with our identity in Christ, knowing who we are, being secure in our calling, believing that God has good things for us right where we are, and then teaching our kids that truth in a way that really sinks in and makes sense and helps them grow up with a secure identity, which I am a big believer in the fact that having a secure identity will keep our kids out of so much trouble because it's what they were made for, to know who they are. And when they don't know, 
they will always be searching for that in often unhealthy places. So I love this topic so much and I think you're going to enjoy it too. So I'll have a few more words to say at the end, but without further ado, here is Jamie, Ivy, and I talking about raising kids with a secure identity. All of us having a secure identity, knowing who we are and flourishing right where we are. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Jamie, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I am so excited. I think back to, I'm thinking your podcast may be the very first time I was ever interviewed. So it's so fun to kind of flip the mic here and get to have you on my podcast. It feels like a full circle moment. I love it. Right? Yeah. Because how long have you been podcasting? 2014. That's a long time. Yeah. That was like before I knew what a podcast was, I think. (laughs) Let's see. I'm going to look it up and I'm going to tell us you, oh my gosh, you were episode 61. I was early. Episodes. How many have you done now? What number are you on? Oh, let me look. I can You're tell way you. up there. Or something. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Um, so you were 60, wow. episode 61 in 2015. And oh last Friday, we launched 428. 428. Wow. Well, that's a lot of conversations me. is what that, that is. That is a lot of conversations and you're so good at it. And I love listening to the happy hour. So I think most people know you are Jamie Ivy of the happy hour with Jamie Ivy. But for those who don't or catch us up, maybe tell us who you are, where you are and what you do. Uh, well, I live in Austin and I get to be uh, mom to four kids. I have a 17 year old. We have our first senior in high school this year. Woo. Wow. Yes. So we have a 17 year old. Uh, who's a son, uh, a boy. And then I have two other boys who are both sophomores. They are 16 and 15. And then I have a daughter who is in eighth grade and she's 13. So momming them is, you know, a lot of my life and what keeps me up at night. I'm married to Aaron. We've been married 20 years. He's a pastor here in town at our church. And I get to host a podcast and interview people and step into stories and share them with the world and hopefully help people love God more and love people around them more. That's, I hope that's what I am doing. And that, then I get a, I get to do that in a lot of ways. And so I really mm-hmm. love my life and my job and the things God's allowed me to do. So that's me. Super cool. I love it. And I'm yet to visit Austin. So I need to get there one day because I just hear great things about your city. It is a really great city. Um, I know everyone else in Texas will be mad. We think it's the best city in Texas. And so (laughs) that's right. It's fun. It's great. We have great food. It's a great place. Yeah. Well, I'm going to make it there because we go to Texas a lot these days. My son, Luke, who you know is a surfer, Mm -hmm. travels to Texas. In fact, he was going to be going again this week as we record. And he just got back a week ago. He goes out to Waco to Uh the BSR wave pool. Have you even heard of that? I have heard of it only, I think, because of you, though. That I was just in Waco this weekend. There's no way I would know about that. But I think no I've heard way. you talk about it before. It's true. And when I went with him, we were just like driving out in the middle of nowhere. I felt like, I mean, I know Magnolia is there and now I visited and that was super cool. But otherwise, right. I was like, where are we? And we pull off the freeway and right there in the middle of nowhere is the wave pool. And it's really That's cool. Funny. So yeah, he loves that place. So that's kind of kind of a frequent destination now. Okay. So kids, you've got a senior, you're about to hit a whole new season. That's exciting. How are you feeling about it? You know, it depends on the day. Um, I feel like I have been talking about parenting a lot with the release of this kid's book that we're going to chat about. 
Um, and the book is for really little kids, but it's got me thinking a lot about parenting and it feels really weighty right now. I mm-hmm. feel like I see this finish line that I always knew was there in parenting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like this vague thing that, you know, there is a finish here and I know like in my head, I'm not finished being a mom. I'm always going to be Caden's mom as long as we're both here. Um, but there is this reality to a finish line of, you know, 18 years in the home, graduating high school, heading out into the world. And as there's some days that that feels super exciting. And then to be honest with you, there are a lot of days for me personally, it feels super scary. It feels a little paralyzing. And mm-hmm. I'm fighting that really well with friends and God's word and an incredible husband. But, you know, honestly, it just, it feels sad but also happy. And so it's hard that you're having both mm-hmm. of these emotions at the same time. It is. And it some is. days I feel more sad than happy. And other days I feel more happy than sad. And I have a bunch of friends who have already walked this road mm-hmm. and their so encouragement to me is so just like soothing to my kind of weary emotions right now. And they're all telling me like, it will be hard, but it is just how it's supposed to be. And on the other side, it's a lot of fun. So Yes. I couldn't agree more. With two now in college, I do think that the emotions leading up to the launch was a lot harder. Once they launched, now I'm like, you know, this is just another cool season. Like you said, you're still mom. And now we sometimes talk more than we probably would if they were in my home. And we communicate in new ways. And it's just this new relationship. So you're you're going to do great. But it is, the emotions are real. And I think it's good to go through them. I kind of, I'm not one to let myself go there a lot with emotions. But before my first son left, I was like, come on, Monica, just... <laughs> Just cry it out. It's okay. I think that's I think that's how I'll be. I have a friend told me the other day. She's like, listen, I'm gonna be real honest with you. This whole year's gonna suck. And I was like, oh no. And so but she she came back when she said, not really. She said, but I do want you to know to have a friend that you can cry with, you know, because I I really believe that experiencing our emotions is good. Um, I've grown a lot in not letting my emotions rule me. Um And so there's this thin line of like, I want to experience the grief that we're dealing with here is that we're sending this to the world. I also do not want my emotions to be in charge of what is true about my life. And so um, my friend was joking, but also saying, I'll be here to cry with you. And I was like, okay, I'll take that. As long as we, when we're done crying, can also acknowledge all the things that are actually true, even if we're not feeling them, you know? Totally. That's what we are. Yes. And for me, it was just, it represented such a sweet season that like, wow, it's done. I mean, that season of having all, okay, I don't want to get us started because we'll both start crying. (laughs) I know. I already (laughs) felt like a little (laughs) lump in my throat while ago. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, we are here to talk about the littler years and your awesome new book, God Made You to Be You. And I would love to hear now, You've, you told us a bit about yourself, but can you just name some of the other books you've written and then tell us how you transitioned to a children's book? Yeah, thank you. My first book that I released was called If You Only Knew. And I always say that that book for me feels like if I was only going to get one book to write, which we're seeing now that I haven't had that, I've had the opportunity to do more, that would have been it. It was really just this story of me um, walking through what it looked like for me to surrender my life to the Lord with what I felt like was baggage that disqualified me from being used. And so that was my first book. And it's just really memoir-esque, which 
is weird to say because I hope I have a lot more life left to live, but Mm -hmm. it was really going back about, you know, 20, 25 years of my life. Uh, And then the next book that I released was called UBU. Uh, why satisfaction and success are closer than you think. And I wrote that in response to really seeing women um, choosing to believe lies about who God made them to be, believing this idea that others had it better, that their gifts and talents didn't matter, a lot of comparison, um, a lot of thinking that they didn't have anything to bring to the table. So that was that book. And then my husband and I wrote a book together, which I sometimes Mm -hmm. forget about, which is crazy because it's the, uh, it was super fun process, but it's called Compliment and um, I'm choosing together over separate in marriage. And uh, we just, it's not a how-to book. It's not a how to have an awesome marriage. It really is just story driven with truths from God's word as to how we can be um, better spouses to each other because we really believe in marriages. We don't think it's the ultimate gift that God gives, but we think it is one of his greatest gifts that he gives. And so we cover things like, I mean, all of the things that you would think about with marriage, love, cheering on, um, forgiveness, fighting, sex, parenting, mission, all the things. And then that leads us to this kid's book, which is so fun. And I never, I mean, as much as, you know, 10 years ago, I never would imagine that I was writing books. I never, never would imagine I was writing a kid's book. And so it's called God Made You to Be You. Mm. And it's darling, and it's so well written. I love, I love rhyming. I love just the the how much fun it is to read it. So, oh, thank you. Well, I think the yes. reason I can like brag on this book so much more than any other book I've had a part of because I will say it is the biggest group project I've ever worked on. And anytime someone produces anything into the world, let's not think they did that on their own ever. Right. Like, everyone right. has a phenomenal team. Everyone has people that are helping them. Everyone just needs to know that. And that has been true for all of the projects and anything I put out in the world. There is a big team helping. But with this book, God Made You to Be You, I mean, to have an illustrator, like I had nothing to do with that at all, except picking him because I thought he was amazing. To have a co-writer, Tama, who really, really helped me craft this story and with the rhyme and everything. So it just feels like I get to be a really, really proud group participant of the cutest Aww. book I've ever seen. <laughs> right. It is super, super cute. Well, first of all, I want to touch back and then we'll we'll land on the children's book. But I wanted to have you on the podcast to talk about your book, UBU, when it first came out. And that's just, I mean, you you mentioned a little bit about what it's about, but if people haven't read that, I would encourage moms to, you know, get both books because especially I think with social media, just the comparison, the the jealousy, all the things that we women struggle with. I think you address that so well. I mean, I think like you said, it is a message that is relatable to all of us that are living mm-hmm. in this current life that yeah. we're living in with right. this um, society that's very prone to, to encourage you to look around and see all the ways you're failing and all the ways that you're not succeeding because everyone's doing it bigger and better and faster and all of the things. And that is an overwhelming place to be. And I talk about social media a lot when I talk about this book. And I think it's great to talk about, I don't think social media is bad and I don't think it's going anywhere. Uh, but I do think that left on its own without us really engaging in a fight for our own souls against it, that it can paralyze us as women. It can make us where we start to believe things that aren't true, start to believe that we're not enough, that we aren't 
able to do the things that God's asked us to do. And even worse than that, think that everyone around us got some kind of special gift of the Holy Spirit that we're missing out on. And so I, you know, saying you be you is, is I really want women to know that they have the strength of a calling that comes straight from God to them. Um, you know, I want them to know that they have a voice and a platform that matters, not because they're amazing, but it's because God's given it to you and he's put people in front of you. You know, I want women to know that they have talents and gifts that God gave you for a purpose way bigger than yourself. And, you know, I really, really want women to know that the satisfaction and the success that they're looking for, they it's really a lot closer than they think. And it's not because they're amazing and awesome, which I'm sure that they are, whoever's listening, but it's because God in his kindness and goodness has equipped us to do good things yep. um, so that we can give glory to him. And that's what I want women to know. I love that. And and I love your story of getting the job at the radio station and <laughs> And then four months later, giving it up because yeah. you just saw the family falling mm-hmm. apart and knowing that you were needed at home. And I just think, you know, I have so much respect for people that can let go of something that means so much to them. You know, you wanted it so bad. But then what I love is how God is is gracious to then use your life in the season you are in, use the gifts and talents he's given you and start something new that you could have never guessed, I'm sure, years before that. Yeah. So I know I hear from a lot of women who are like, you know, I know there's something I'm supposed to do, but I've got a house full of toddlers and I'm always like, just be in the season you're in, but do dream, like certainly be looking for opportunities to use those gifts because God's got something for you. Yes. But if in this season you're supposed to be home, then that's the biggest work. That's the most important work, right? Yeah. I think I see this kind of pendulum swing a lot with women where sometimes the opposite could be true as well is that women will be so consumed with their kids that they do not do anything else that God may have prepared for them to do. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't mean like go win a radio show. I mean, you know, serve in a community center or, or write that blog that they've been dreaming about doing. Um, and they're just consumed with their kids. And for me, when I look back to that time when I was on the radio and, and won a contest to win a job, it was just completely <laughs> out of the blue for my life. I was a, I was a fifth grade teacher before we had kids, you know, this was not <sighs> in the life plan. And right when I found out how much I loved that job and then a couple months in my family's falling apart, my kids need me more than I would have thought would have been like for me to go back to working full time. And when I made that choice to step back from that career that I thought was promising and, you know, going to lead to a lot of success and satisfaction, I always say it was the hardest, best decision I ever made because Mm. that was a, that was not easy. Uh, so much about that decision for me was just being like, literally being obedient to God because I was mad at everyone in my family. Like literally, I'm like, you guys cannot get yourself together that you need me that badly. Come on guys. Um, (laughs) And we were dealing with very young children, uh, two of them who had just come home to our family through adoption for, for like a year earlier. So I was not actually thinking kind things in my head at all the time. (laughs) Thankfully God helped me and the Holy Spirit kept my mouth closed, but it was a very difficult season. But the thing that it's beautiful about it. Cause like we're on this side of that story. It's easy to be like, and look how God had this podcasting for you. But in the midst of me making that decision, there was no promise from God that I would ever do anything like that ever again. There was no right. promise that I was going to have a career that I wanted ever again. He literally just called me back home to be with the kids. And I loved being a stay at home. 
mom, I mean, I say loved it as in like most days I wasn't miserable. Yeah. Yeah. But I also really desired and dreamed of doing other things. And so God asking me to come back home was real hard, but it was this moment of, Jamie, are you going to be faithful with what God has asked you to do? And are you going to be faithful to the people that were in front of you? Because all of a sudden I went from, you know, mom to stay, stay at home, mom to four kids to having my voice be in thousands of people's ears, mm-hmm. you know, in Austin, Texas. And that felt really awesome and successful. But then God's like, I actually need you to be faithful to the four people in your house. Wow. wow. Compared to the thousands of people that are going to hear you, you know, from six to 10, Monday through Friday. I, that's why I look back and say it was the hardest, best decision because in some people's eyes, it would look like I was foregoing success, giving up mm-hmm. a dream, sure. um, let, letting my family dictate my life. But in reality, it was like, man, there's one thing I want in this world, and that is to be faithful to what God's asked me to do. And, and I did. It might have been kicking and screaming, but I did it. Oh, I... That's just such an awesome story. I love it. And I love how he did work it out, even though you didn't see it in the moment. Right. Yeah. Hey, friends, I hope you're enjoying this conversation. And I want to pause real quick to remind you of something very special happening over at Christian Parenting. Now, I don't need to tell you that Christmas is coming and fast personally, it felt like November came out of nowhere. And I think at this time of year, everything just speeds up more and more. And here's the deal. Christmas can bring on all kinds of joy and excitement, but also some stress and overwhelm. And oftentimes I feel like I have not personally prepared. And so while it's still November, I have something special I want to tell you about that might be a game changer. Now, Christian Parenting created a brand new resource for parents like you. It's called the Read, Ask, Go Interactive Advent Devotional for the whole family. Created to be used every day from December 1st through the 25th, the Read, Ask, Go devotional experience will give you and your family dedicated time each day of the Advent season to read scripture, ask some questions, and go serve your family, neighbors, and the world. So guys, if you're looking for a way to push the easy button on a meaningful spiritual resource for your family this Advent, this is it. So grab your copy of the Read, Ask, Go devotional experience before they're gone. You can do that by visiting CP Advent. Dot org to get a copy today. Again, that's the letters cpadvent.org. I know you're going to love this. It's going to simplify things, so don't wait. Order it now. And now we're back to my conversation with Jamie. UBU touches on all kinds of things that are so relatable and so important in the world. And I'm sure that that helped you recognize that not only do moms need this message or women in general need the message of their worth and and everything that God has for them as individuals, but now kids too. And yeah. oh my goodness, there, there's nothing more important, I think, than starting our kids off. You know, it's one thing to be an adult and come to terms with your identity and kind of deal with all this stuff. But if if we can teach our kids from an early age. So yeah, bring us up to speed on then the book. This The age range is little, right? Two to six-year-olds. Is that what we're aiming yes, for in this book? Yes, two to six and it's a board book. Yeah, it's a board book, which I love. They're my favorites. Yes, yes. Um, so when I was writing UBU and after I turned in the manuscript, script was about a year before it came out. I started thinking, man, I love this idea so much of believing that God has, um, 
put us where we're supposed to bloom. And, and there's a chapter in that UBU book called Bloom Where You're Planted. And um, the idea for that chapter almost was the kind of driving force for the entire book as I was writing it. Fun fact is, as I was writing the book, in my head, I knew it was never going to be titled to this, but I wrote it like it was titled Bloom Where You're Planted. It's just like, that's where mm-hmm. I want. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to women like that. And so a handful of years ago, Aaron and I had gone on a trip to Sedona. And as we were driving, we saw the big saguaro cacti. And they're just beautiful and um I noticed the closer we got to Sedona that they weren't, we didn't see them anymore. And so a couple of days later, we were on a little pink Jeep tour, which that's what the tour was called. It was so fun. And he <laughs> mentioned that we didn't see the, that type of cactus anymore in the area. And he told us that because they were in Northern Arizona, that in, it freezes, that the cacti would actually fall over because they were full of water and they would die. He said they were never intended to be in this area. Hmm. And I remember I just, I held on to that and I yeah, like, tucked it away. Yeah. I just tucked it away and thought, isn't that what we do sometimes is we really want to bloom in places we were never intended to bloom. And we desire to be things that we were never equipped to be. And we all do that. And so then it got me thinking of what if we did a kid's book around a cactus and I love naming him Sammy and Sammy is stuck in the ground and Sammy looks around and wishes that he was more like his friends. It's a, a, a characters or animals and then this cactus. And so that's where the book was birthed of just how do we take that concept of really trusting that God, um, created you to be exactly who you are, right where you are with what he's given you. Mm -hmm. And that's what we wanted to tell the kids. Like Sammy matters, even though he can't run, even though he can't jump, even though he can't slither. Uh, But he has so many amazing qualities that he does bring to his community of friends. Uh, And so then he figures out at the end, like, oh, God made me to be who I am. And so that the kids version of this really was just birthed out of a chapter in this book and a story and a trip with Aaron and I to the desert. That's where this all came from. I love it. I love it so much. That is just the best. And what I love too, is that any good children's story like this has a message for all ages. So we say Mm -hmm. two to six, but when I read it, I got it. Like I was like, okay, good reminder, Monica, like this is super important. But I think for our young kids to really get a grip on this and to start to understand that God made them perfectly. Have you had conversations in your home? Like I know you've got children that you adopted. What ages were they when each of the kids came into your family? Uh, one at birth, one at four uh, and a half, and one at two. So all okay. different kinds of ranges of, of age, yeah. Sure. And I'm sure that there's been some great conversations through that, with that. Yeah. Has that affected, you think, the writing of your book? Yeah. You know, I think that the thing that's pretty special about this book, being for ages four to six, although I'm with you, I, re- I definitely remember reading books to my kids and thinking, ah, that was for me tonight more mm-hmm. than you guys. Sure, sure. And I think that this book is going to stand the test of time to also be for the adults that are reading it. Um, but, you know, I, I remember my kids at that young age and because our family was formed, um, not the the typical way with three of my kids joining our family through adoption, we, we look different, you know, and so we stand out. And so th- at different points of all of our lives, we all feel like we're the different one in this dynamic of the Ivy family. And I remember answering those questions a lot and trying to really, really, really point my kids to truths of scripture. And I think that one of the things that we get to do as parents is help build this foundation for our kids. And so 
again, we've talked about teenagers and I'm on this tail end of this journey of parenting in those first 18 years. And I look back at, at all of the, the mundaneness that felt like it was in those young years and think so many times, I felt like I was saying the same thing, but it was all a part of this foundation building. Yep. And we have this opportunity to, to repeat and say the same things to our kids over and over again. And I don't mean like repeat, why have you not taken the trash out? Because that's what I <laughs> seem to be repeating a lot these days, right, right. but repeating um, the truths that, that you have a purpose, that you have been set apart, that God has gifted you, that you have talents. And with the way we do that as parents or grandparents or, or child care givers is, is by showing and pointing out we see amazing character traits in you as a particular child and really speaking that truth onto them. We're not lying and we're not making anything up, but speaking a truth over someone over and over and over again, when the teenagers hits and the social media hits and the hard things happen, um, they hopefully can recall some of the things that you have been investing in them through your words. And in a way, it's almost like I say things that are true to my kids, but so many times I'm saying those so I can kind of call them up into those mm -hmm. um, right. to have them like rise up and grow into someone who believes uh, the things that God says about them. And so I think starting this at a young age of just really pouring that truth into them that's a part of that foundation building. It's another block that you're putting in the foundation of their life uh, that causes them to stand firm when it gets hard and they start to believe that God did not make them with a purpose and he does not right. have a plan for their life. Right. They can look and hopefully see a foundation of this is not truth. Mm -hmm. No, so important. And I think that any any kid will tell you at least later, you know, that in an honest moment, that they, they do ask those questions. And so if we've done our job of giving them enough truth, we can hope that that's what comes back because sometimes we feel like we're on repeat, but, but I don't think you can say too much. We have had these conversations and this is, you could probably give me some encouragement here too, Monica, <laughs> sometimes I feel like with the ages that our kids are, is that we're having these conversations over and over again and I wonder, are they hearing me? <laughs> like, are they listening to this? And I've seen in other areas moments where you go, oh my gosh, they were listening. Like we're seeing some fruit come out of what we felt was just like conversation mm -hmm. landing on deaf ears. Yes. And so I think that's where we kind of are now. I've just like, we're bringing up conversations way more than they are. And I think for us as parents, we've always tried to navigate that well, where we're kind of bringing up things when our kids at our particular age, especially our three boys who are all in high school, just aren't apt to have those conversations as much with us anymore. Now, my daughter in eighth grade is a whole different story. Mm -hmm. um, she'll just mm -hmm. tell me anything. Um, yeah. And so I think that's one of the things we're having to work hard at is to remember that even if they're not coming to us, that these are still happening and there's still conversations that need to have. And so for us to be continual, you know, have bringing those conversations up even when they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of my friends says, talk about things before they're things. And so sometimes it's a matter of saying, you know, you might not be facing this yet, but when really you know that they probably have already faced it. I just appreciate that you're starting them young with this fun and beautiful book. This is so important. Before we wrap up, though, may, may I ask you a couple of my fun boy mom questions? Go for it. 
Okay. I didn't even give, usually I give people a heads up and I forgot to send these to you. So no heads up. Jamie Ivy's on the, in the hot seat. Really actually a pretty fun one. What is a boy mom essential that you can't imagine doing life without and anything goes. So this could be something you do, a product you use or anything else. Oh my gosh. This is a good one. Well, this is so random that this popped into my head, but we have this really awesome vacuum that uh-huh. I can That's take it good. down to a smaller piece and vacuum out my car because I'm actually not tra- transporting a lot of boys right now because we have a driver and they all play football together. So he's in Love charge it. of it. But when it's I was best. transporting boys back and forth to football practice, the little turf pellets that get come off the turf and get into their cleats. Yeah, just I can imagine. Over your car. And so this Ew. little vacuum thing that I had going on was awesome. Yeah. Well, we've got sand. You've got turf pellets. That's exactly right. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. So people may want to know, do you know the brand of your vacuum? Um, I can look at it when I get home and tell you. Okay. I think it's okay, a Dyson. We'll, okay. We'll put it in show notes. Yeah. A good vacuum is a must with boys. Right. Absolutely. I know. Okay, good. Now, question number two. Is there a time that one or all of your sons said something, did something, or dragged something in that just made you think, I am a hashtag boy mom? Oh, that is funny. Um, I'm sure when I think about when they were little, there has to be so many. I mean, (laughs) I every boy mom has to know that this happens. And it's still happening today. My boys, and I'm not mad about this either. I'm going to let you know. Uh, my boys pee outside more than they pee inside. And so <laughs> I honestly think that this is the best thing we could raise our children to do. If I mean, we live in the country, so we're not living yeah, next door to people. Same. But I'm right. like, that is way less of an opportunity for pee to get all over my bathroom if you are outside. So I'm down well, with that. I, I, I laugh at how often pee comes into this question. Like I bet. a whole variety of answers, but somehow pee seems to come up a lot with boys. That is hilarious. I love it. Okay. And then on a bit more serious note, if Jamie could speak to a younger Jamie, just bringing home that first son, um, is there any piece of wisdom you've gained through the years that you might say to encourage yourself and maybe encourage some of the younger moms listening? Well, now you're going to cry, make me cry because... This weekend, Aaron and I were in Dallas and we didn't have any of our kids. And we ended up at this little like park in the city and it was super cute. And they had this big screen and there were cartoons playing. And look, I I feel like I'm going to make myself cry. And there was um, these little kids and they were playing ball. And I told Aaron, I was like, I could sit and watch these kids play ball for hours because our kids don't do this anymore. And they're big Mm -hmm. and they're old. Mm -hmm. And I remember moments where I didn't want to sit and watch the kids play ball. And listen, I'm not a mom that says every moment of motherhood is amazing and just smell the roses because listen, it is hard. And you know what? You don't have to watch them play ball all the time. But I would say to myself, and I wish myself when my son was born would actually take this in and remember it, is that like you you literally, and again, Monica, we're the old people here and people are going to laugh at us. You literally feel like you blink and they're not playing ball at the park anymore. And so I think the piece of advice would just be to like, as much as you possibly can, just to like sit and watch your kids play ball. Mm -hmm. Oh man, you're busting me right here. I'm going to take that one to heart. So thank you. I'm sure other people will too. So, 
Oh, Jamie, well, you are awesome. I love learning and listening to you um, from your podcast, and I love your books. So someday I'm going to meet you in person. I love that. You can come out to Waco and watch some surf with me or something. That would be the best. (laughs) Well, I appreciate your time. Um, If people want to just find and follow you right now, where's the best place they can go? I hang out on Instagram mostly, and I'm at Jamie Ivy there. And jamieivy.com has everything you need to know. Awesome. Well, congrats on this gorgeous new children's book and all that you're doing. We'll be following. And just thanks for being with us today. Thanks, Monica. Hey, friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. And most of all, I do hope that it inspires you and encourages you to have some conversations with your kids about finding their identity in the God who made them, who loves them, and who will walk with them through all the days of their life. Uh, I hope you can check out Jamie's book for children, God Made You to Be You. We'll have links to that as well as her other books and everywhere you can follow Jamie over in show notes, which are found at monicaswanson.com forward slash episode dash 131. Before I wrap up, I want to make sure you know how easy it is to leave a rating or review for the Boy Mom Podcast. You can do it right there on your phone. You just scroll down where you see this podcast. You're going to see five stars. You can tap on those or leave a few words about what you like most about the Boy Mom Podcast. And you can also easily share this podcast on social media by just taking a screenshot on your phone, put it there in your stories on Instagram or on Facebook, and you can tag me on Instagram. I'm at Monica Swanson underscore great way to your, for your friends to find this podcast. Thank you for being a part of this awesome community. I appreciate you. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha.